SFDC Consultant is here to support your sales career through interviews, podcasts, videos, and articles about and around the best way to grow and develop as a sales professional. We have a list of high value and highly packed sales podcast episodes with MVPs, architects, consultants, directors, CEOs, developers, and administrators. Today, I'm speaking with Carlos Siqueira, technical evangelist at Capado. I must say, I had a blast speaking to Carlos about his pre-Salesforce consultancy career, his Salesforce consultancy adventure, and why he chose not to continue on that path, and also how he made everything look so easy throughout his career change, as everything seemed to fall into place at the right time. Now, enjoy my conversation with Carlos. My name is Carlos Siqueira. I'm originally from uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I came to the United States in 1988. I had already eight years experience on the mainframe world. And from 88 all the way to 2010, I always work on the mainframe world, doing anything, you name it. I was an uh, analyst, I was a SME project manager, technical architect, whatever it's on the mainframe world. But that was getting boring. And the demand for mainframe was not that great at the time. And Thanksgiving of 2015, I had a neck surgery. And the next morning, I started to do the Salesforce. I started to do Trailhead. And the rest is pretty much history. I mean, the following, uh, this was February of 2016, I started to do internal ship. You know, like I worked six months for free for a small company. was the best investment that I could ever done for myself. People say, oh... Things they don't happen. Well, it's not easy to start, but you got to keep going. I have a very supportive wife that's do what you got to do. I take care of the house. And yes, I was driving one and a half hour each way. So three hours of my day was driving. And I did that. And then after six months, I finally got my very first job, my paid job. For my surprise, September 17, 2017, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I got an email from Salesforce saying, hey, you are Salesforce MVP. He took me like a good 45 minutes back and forth, sending message to them and I said, hey, you got the wrong guy. And then the director at the time, a great person, Holly Firestone, she said, hold on. She sent me a quick email and asked us, have you, is this is you? Is this is you? Is this you? It was people all over, especially people from Brazil and India and people that I have helped. And I say, yes, were comments like, oh, Carlos has helped me like one o'clock in the morning through Skype. Oh, Carlos helped this and stuff. Yeah, that's me. And she said, well, enjoy the ride in U.S. Salesforce MVP. I promised to myself that I'll never work for consulting companies again. It's just not for me because they want you to do several things at the same time. And the pay can be good, but it's too much of a stress. And then I start to pay attention to other companies in the ecosystem. And one of them was Copado. Somebody, a friend from, from Europe, Jiran, he knew one of the founders of Copado, Federico Larsen in Spain. And in a matter of two days, Federico called me. It was right before Dreamforce 2019. He was in San Francisco dealing with Salesforce. And he called me. He had, we had a very good chat. And he said, hey, I understand that you are a certified instructor have a ton of certifications, you're trilingual, and yes, would you like to work for Copado? And I say, where do I sign? Something that you mentioned in there, the fact that consultancies are not ready for you. 
And I would really want to delve into that. It, it is well known, the fact that as a consultant, you don't really have the simple nine to five, where you don't really have leaving the or, or closing your laptop and then the pressure is off. Unfortunately, it's not that type of job. And, and there's no bad blood towards the consultancies or bad blood towards, no, not. towards not, no. but it's, that's in a way that's somehow the lifestyle and and it's for a lot of people but it's not for everyone and i would really want to understand that you mentioned one thing i think in terms of probably having multiple responsibilities or kind of doing multiple things in the same time but what are, what were kind of the drawbacks for you in terms of enjoying that consultancy consultancy life the bulk of my career has been as a consultant but independent consultant by myself. So I say, hey, I dictate. I call the shots and I say, hey, this is the money that I want. This is the kind of work that I'm going to do. So when I was doing consultancy on the mainframe world, I had only one client at the time and the client was their one. And that was exactly what I was doing. But technology is as always evolving. It's like you're trying to catch a shadow. You will never do that. You will never because it's always it's slippery. It's a way. So the good, I tell you the good and the bad. Let's start for the bad so we went with what's good, okay? The bad part of consultancy, and most of them, I couldn't say all, is that, as you said, it's not an eight to five. I know people that have a perfect, but most of the time it's not eight to five. Back before COVID, there was always travel, 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 travel. And for me, if I have a travel... Monday to Friday, but every day in a different place, if you like a salesperson do, that's okay for me. That's not wrong. But if I have to be on a project for six months, that's the, it becomes crazy because you end, up having, uh, you end up having like a dual life, right? You fly out on a Sunday, then you get to the client Monday morning. By Thursday night, you fly back home and it's still Friday. You're still working, but you work for home. So you pretty much end up having like a Two sets of toothpaste, toothbrush. But I mean, you ended up enjoying another gym in the other city, and that's not good for you. If you have a medicals, you have other things that you miss. If you have kids, you miss times. Even if you don't have a kid, you match a special time with your partner. If you have a husband, wife, or whatever, even if you're single, you miss a lot of that. So that's one thing. The other thing is that because technology has evolved a lot, people expect you, like, a, it's not like a one size fits all. And especially in the Salesforce community, which you have like over 30 certifications, people expect you to know, oh, today, this week, sales and service. Or oh, next week, you need to know marketing cloud. You need to do And you don't learn these things overnight. You know, so a lot of consulting companies, they pretty much want you to be, uh, 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 you know, jack of all trader, know everything. And it doesn't work like this. It's, it, you ended up being master of none. I have a few certifications that I only got certified, but I never had a hands-on. So therefore, I don't qualify to get that job. I'm not going to apply for this job. But in the consulting, it's pretty much almost like they push you to the client, they charge you big time money, and then you have to learn on the job. And that's the client loses because he's not getting the quality he expects. You get burnout and some owners of consulting companies, they walk away with the good money, and if they lose their client, oh, another one is going to come. So that's the bad side. You know, it's, a, it's a always pressure. The good side is right here. Money talks, okay? The pay can be pretty good, can be very competitive. The chance to learn things can be easy in there. You, you might get it, you might not, but you might have a 
in the same time, if you're juggling more than one client, that's a problem. But if you're juggling more than one client, you might have to learn three different skill sets. Or maybe you are working in a greenfield client that's just new with Salesforce. Then you have a chance to have a, like a blank canvas. You can go in there and do best practice. You can do the proper way. But you and I know that that's, that's one in a million. Most of the times what you get in there is a, is a vicious cycle that you do a bad implementation, then you kick out that consulting company. Comes another one, and then you and I have to fix the bad work that somebody did in there. And then you get burned out, and, and, and the cycle continues. And that's how consulting companies are making money. So it, it, there's a, both sides. I know people extremely happy of doing consultants. But I got a point on my career, it's been over 30 years doing IT, that I say, what? I don't want to be on an eight to five in there talking with the client. As you already can tell, I talk a lot. So I'd rather be in a role where I can, I can listen. I can just zip it and listen. And that's very important when you're dealing with the clients. But I'd rather have a, a client-facing experience the way that I'm doing now, whether if I'm doing instructions where the way that we have at Copado, we have certification days or DevOps days, which I spend three hours doing a Zoom section with people all over the world, teaching them about the basics of DevOps and then the basics of Copado. I enjoy them more than I'll be like a time to time to, to different clients and, and do implementation. That's just not for me anymore. Some of the things that you mentioned in there in terms of the, the negative sort of drawbacks of, of pressure and requirements, I have heard of this before, the fact that you're put into situations where you kind of need to know a lot and also to have the certifications. Now, on, on the flip side, you are correct. The, the learning curve, from what I understand, uh, within consultancies is, is extremely good because you are put under those um, situations. So it's, it's the idea of, you know, you need to learn it. You need to... but but. Again, that eats into, in a way, kind of in your own personal time. And I don't know, you need to make the distinction. Are you learning for yourself or are you learning for the consultancy because it's expected for a project? Exactly. And, and, and exactly. there's a mixture there. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit difficult. So I was actually going to ask, Randa, what would be your advice for people that thinking about career changes or thinking that they're stuck in the progression of their current industry that they're in, would you encourage them to give Salesforce a shot or get on the standard uh, career pattern, which is most of the time admin, consultant, architect, developer, or, or so on? Oh, I, I definitely would. I mean, just, just looking to myself, back when I started, of course, probably everybody went to that. We have this huge manuals for mainframes, and that was one manual for a, for a team of 10 people. So of course, it's not just me. This was not just specific to Brazil. I'm sure the people in UK and Australia, Africa, US, they have the same things. So with the technology evolving, of course, the trailhead is an enabler, right? And I don't get paid to do this. I'm saying that exactly. I'm approved of that. So trailhead is a game changer, whereas allow people to do things. I mean, I can do trailhead pretty much here on my phone if I want. So if you are commuting, I have a good friend in Australia. He did a lot of badges on his commute. So Trailhead empower you to learn new skills for free from a reputable organization and for, for, for a niche that is, is only going up as Salesforce just passed Oracle in size. Okay. 
So, I mean, I don't want to give away my age, but I'm not looking forward to retiring in the next five years. Probably it's going to be in the next 15 years. It's not that easy to get into the ecosystem. You don't make six figures right away, okay? You have to put your labor in there. But does it pay off? Absolutely pays off. I have seen people with way less qualifications, way less hardworking, and they probably got lucky. They probably advertising themselves very well because perception is reality, right? Going back to the original question, absolutely, 200%. If you feel like you're stuck in your career, and it doesn't have to be, no matter what's your career, you're gonna have, a lot of stuff you're going to have to learn on your own. But having a little mentorship in that, it helps a lot. You guys at, at Kabato, you're doing the sales delivery management uh, piece of software. I was going to ask is, what would be some of the value added KPIs or as that consultancies would actually get from using that? Or is your solution more towards end user type uh, instances? Or is it for consultancies as well? So Copado is pretty much into the DevOps space. Okay. And traditionally, when you're working, regardless if you work with Salesforce, you have your end user, your guy from account say, hey, I need such a field and you need to have a business analyst to go in there and, and make the specs and say, hey, this is Traditionally, back on the day, you have to do that in code, whether if it was a mainframe, if it was Oracle, Microsoft, or something else. Well, the beauty of Salesforce is that pretty much is zero code, low code. You can do a lot of things on a point and click. But because of that, you still Salesforce as native. It doesn't have a change management, meaning if you do something and you need, you're doing that little test, you want to put that to another environment, you don't have a, something there to make sure that you have auditing. When did you do that change? When Carlos did that change? When, what if you and I are working the exact same thing that we don't step on each other's foot? So that's pretty much what the DevOps about. So Copado is pretty much end-to-end uh, DevOps solution. It's not exactly a, a project management situation. It is, it is part of the tools that you have on your project management. So pretty much, there's four metrics you mentioned about the KPIs. There's a four things that uh, we really is, is our, our mantra. First is frequency of deployment, meaning the higher the number, the better. Instead to have a deployment once a month or every quarter, you, 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 you got to aim to do that as fast as you can, okay? As frequent as you can, like a, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, major companies, they have maturity level of DevOps number five, where they do those things on the hour, real time. I'm talking here to you and maybe a couple of things already been implemented in production. So, so frequency of deployment, that's first KPI. The bigger the number, the better. The second one is lead time. Lead time means when the end user asked for something and when was in production working properly. So that number, the smaller the number, the better. Meaning you asked for something on Monday and maybe on Friday, you already have in production. That's, that's good. But if you ask for something in Monday and say, say, people say to you, oh, let's wait until Christmas, that's no good. So that's, now we have a, a, a true KPIs. The third one is a percentage of a failure, okay? What that means? Well, we, we covered the two other KPIs. 
you do free, you do deployments with the frequency every day, and the lead time, the time that you ask for something for the time that you have in production is a very quick one. Good. So now the percentage of a failure rate, that's the, the, the third KPI, that needs to be a small one. What that means, we have covered all of that, so now we implement something in production, but what if we introduce an error in there? Okay, so that failure rate needs to be very small. The smaller you get it, the better for you. And the fourth and last KPI is the percentage of recovery time. How fast? Okay, we found out that we implement something on Friday and came Monday, we found out that we have a problem. Good, you found out that you have a problem. But how long is it going to take for you to roll that thing back, to make it back the way that it was before? Well, Carlos, what I was going to say is, is thank you for your time and thank you for sharing your story and, and some of the tips and some of the things that we discussed. In case people want to hear what you're sharing, what you're doing, what are the best places that people can reach out? Well, probably LinkedIn. You can look in there for Carlos Cicada and you find me in there. You see the, the, the Copado logo. I'm also, I'm very big on Twitter and Twitter is AKA Carioca. And as I said, uh, there's a lot of opportunities in there on the Salesforce ecosystem. It's a great company and people that made the choice. I don't see anybody that made the choice to, to, to join the ecosystem that they have regret. It's not easy overnight, but it pays off big time. Thank you for listening to the SFDC Consultant Podcast. Be sure to visit sfdcconsultant.com to access the show notes and discover additional content. If you enjoyed the podcast, it would be amazing if you could subscribe, give us a review, and share it with your peers. Until next time, take care.